Here we are on another Saturday evening. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Sam Shane here on Weekend Live. We are live here from this point forward until about 7 o'clock tonight. We're here every Saturday night from uh, 5 to 7. We take a look back at some of the week's big stories, the headlines, uh, some uh, audio clips that you likely did not hear, uh, maybe on your local newscasts or on the network newscasts, and we take a dive into some of the stories that we think are pretty interesting that are relevant in our lives. Uh, it continues to be hazy out there. Uh, some spots seem to be a little bit better now in terms of air quality, uh, but it's still obviously persistent throughout much of Northern California. And I saw a report in the paper that said there are satellite images that show that this smoke is appearing in some images as far east as New York. So that gives you an indication of the level of fire that has been burning in California over the last few weeks. Uh, phone number here, 916-921-1530, uh, We're on KFBK, of course, 1530 AM and uh, 93.1 FM. You can hear us also online at kfbk.com. We have a lot to get to here over the next couple of hours. Looking back at uh, a very busy week, DMV, the troubles at DMV, the debacle at DMV was the focus of some hearings at the Capitol, and it got quite contested, as you might imagine. We're going to get into some audio clips here momentarily, so I want to share that with you. Also, odds makers now putting odds on whether Senator Kamala Harris from California, what are the odds that she becomes the next president of the United States? And her lot appears to be rising. We'll get into that. We'll hear a little bit of what she had to say in at least one particular speech in a podcast, uh, which draws into question what exactly has she accomplished uh, in her first 18 months in the United States Senate. There's a report out there about the startling number of teenagers who are turning off television. It's an indication of what's happening with that medium. We'll talk a little bit more about that. And also a college in the United States of America where students get to pick their grade. You get to choose the grade before the course begins, which makes me wonder why did I not go there. <laughs> we'll talk more about that, and we have uh, other interesting audio clips as well. Again, phone number 916-921-1530, Let's dive into the DMV. Uh, there was a hearing uh, in the Capitol to this past week headed up by Assemblyman uh, Jim Patterson. He's a Republican from Fresno, been very critical of the DMV. Uh, we can take this back a few weeks and you're probably well aware that people who are going to the dmv are sitting there two three four five six hours at a time people trying to make appointments to get in and can't because they're booked up until after their registration is due it's a huge mess there are some lawmakers who've been calling for an overall a big audit go in and take a look what's going on how did this happen this mismanagement of the dmv and there are other lawmakers who instead say, you know what, first of all, let's just throw some money at this and fix the problem. That was the big debate. That was the big debate at the Capitol this past week. So let's get into some audio clips, and we'll uh, take you through how this all unfolded. Uh, time now is coming up on uh, 510 this evening on a Saturday. Uh, DMV director, her name is Jean Shiamoto, and she was grilled during these hearings at the state Capitol. She testified at the state capitol over the long wait times at the DMV. She went into this hearing and had asked lawmakers for $26 million more million so that she could, quote, fix the problem, hire hundreds of more employees, and she said that's what it will take to fix the problem. 
The lawmakers, a number of them were saying, no, wait a second, we need to open up the books here. We need to roll up our sleeves and find out what is going on in the in your department. So I want to play for you an exchange. This is from uh, Jim Patterson. He's the Republican from Fresno. This is an initial exchange with Gene Shiamoto, the director of the DMV. Well, we're obviously having some problems with that audio clip, so we're going to Try to get that back up online. We don't have that for you right now. But in essence, Jim Patterson opened up the hearings and said, look, we need to audit this. Why are you opposing an audit? And Shiamoto said, you know what? If you come in and you conduct an audit at the DMV, that's going to take away too many resources that we already need to help people process and get their licenses renewed and get their drivers, uh, their their license plates ready and, and all the things that they have to do at the DMV. And she said that an audit would take away from that. And and Patterson, uh, well, he, he had a hard time understanding that. He said that that didn't make any sense, that it would be top-level management that would be cooperating with the audit, and that they're not involved in the day-to-day operations. I mean, when you walk into a DMV office, there's somebody at the desk there who helps you out. Now, that person at the desk who helps you out is not a high-level, quote-unquote, executive or manager at the DMV. That is somebody who works at the front desk, and would not be involved with anything to do with an audit. That it would have nothing to do with an audit whatsoever. And Patterson said, look, th- th- this argument that you're making is erroneous because that's simply not the case. These are not the people who would help us with an audit to open up the books to see how it's been managed because they don't work the front desk. and They don't help people You know, when you take your number or you sit down and you have an appointment with somebody behind a desk. That's a, that's a whole different level of employee. So they had this back and forth, and this went on for for quite some time. And at the end of the day, and I don't know if we have the audio fixed or not, Kendall. How are we looking at that? Not quite yet. Doesn't look like it quite yet. She's kind of no, nope, not we don't have that yet. So what we'll do is I want to go to the phones right now, and then I want to finish out how this all unfolded. Uh, let's go to Casey from Elk Grove right now, and I'm, I'm I'm guessing Casey, either you have had a firsthand experience at the DMV, or you're well aware of what's going on in these offices. Well, actually, both. Okay. And, and the first thing I'd like to start out with, very very few times does anybody ever call in and try to come up with a solution ahead of time. And right. I think I've come up with a real good one. Okay, what's that? Once every two years, we have to smog our cars. Mm-hmm. There is absolutely no reason why we shouldn't be able to register our cars once every two years. So you mean so when we go in to smog them at these smog stations, then we could take care of the registration at the same time? Well, no. Once you get once you get your smog certificate, it's good for two years. Right. So then instead of sending in one year's registration fees and getting a tag for one year, you send in two years of registration fees. You know, somebody called in here, KC, uh, it's maybe three or four weeks ago I was doing a show, and they said the same thing. Why are we registering every year? I mean, there are states across the country that don't do it for two, three, four, five years. Well, I, the thing is, is I'm just looking at, because we have a mandatory smog problem, we have a mandatory smog check, you could only get away with doing it once every two years. Now, that decreases the workload at DMV for registration fees by itself by 50%. Right, right, right. It also decreases the postage outbound for the state of California by 50% for DMV. Mm-hmm. It also matches up two, thing, two mandatory requirements at the same time, registration and smog. Because if, you, if your car passes smog, you can't get a registration anyway. Mm-hmm. So, 
It's My, simplifying. It's simplifying I, I, the entire look, system. Casey, Casey, I mean, look, from a fiscal standpoint, what you're saying makes perfect sense. My guess is, and this is simply a guess on my part, is that the regulators will come back and say, yes, but it might mean that our air won't be as clean as it should be because if we register every year, we can keep a handle on this and it's going to make our roads safer and it's going no. to make our air cleaner. But, don't, don't, but I would suspect that that might be their argument against it. Well, that may be their argument, they would, but they would be completely wrong mm-hmm. because you're only smogging the car once every two years. And according to the last air resources report, we're already ahead of the, we're already ahead of the curve on keeping the air clean. So there's a possibility that we could go to once every three years and still keep the, and still keep the air clean. Right. The other thing that I found out about DMV is there is no real internal process for a DMV employee to send suggestions up the chain of command oh. to fix some of the problems that they have internally. Look, and, and you know what, Casey? You're well aware of this. The great businesses in this country, uh, they, they rule from, honestly, they listen from the ground up. You know, if you listen to the forces on the, on the ground floor and then you take those good ideas which percolate to the top, those are the companies, those are the organizations that, at the end of the day, succeed faster than their competition. And that the DMV should be doing that. Well, they're not, but that's a that's that's a corporate mentality versus a government mentality. <laughs> the other true. thing is there there hasn't been, you know, even Congress has a congressional review about law, rules and regulations and laws. The DMV doesn't, mm-hmm. as far as I see. And there are so many laws and rules on the books that are so wrong as to be unbelieved. One of the one of the ones that I ran across is, and this is going to be startling for your listeners to hear. If you get if you're hit by somebody. The other guy's insurance company mm-hmm. can total out your car. Hmm. The hmm. other guy's insurance company. Yeah. Not your insurance company. The other guy's insurance company. No kidding. Company. I was not aware and, of that. Wow. And of, cor- and, of course, you've got a huge monetary conflict there. Uh-huh. Because, of course, the other guy's insurance company doesn't want to pay to fix your car. Right. Of course so not. <laughs> they total it out. Right. Right, and then and then and then your insurance company's got to pay for you to go get a new a new car. I get, I get. Oh well, something. Well, right. it's not even that. I mean, they're only going to pay us so much. Right, you're you're not likely to be able to. Whatever do that. the value is, right? I get it. I get. And, it. and hey. this is and this these are some of the things that DMV needs to have a real civilian review on because I think a lot of these processes are simply out of date. Casey, you make all great points, and uh, you're 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 you, you, a lot of common sense there, and I appreciate the insight. I'm up against a break. We ran a little bit long because you were really making some good points there. Thanks a lot, Casey from Elk Grove. Uh, more on this on the DMV and the nightmare over there, and then how they decided what they decided to do. And here's here's just a quick tease. Let's throw a little bit more money at it. I'm Sam Shane. This is KFBK. We're back on the other side. KFBK Weekend Live. News and analysis. On News Radio, KFBK. Who says California Senator, U.S. Senator Kamala Harris is among the favorites among Democrats in the presidential election of 2020? We'll get to that coming up here. I'm Sam Shane. This is KFBK Weekend Live. Thanks for joining us. Phone number 916-921-1530-1800-834-1530. You can also check us out on Facebook right now. We are live on the KFBK Facebook page. want to pick up now with the DMV. Joe from Elk Grove calls in on a Saturday evening. Hi, Joe. How are you? Hey, Sam. I'm great. How are you today? I'm doing quite well. What are your thoughts about what transpired this week? Hey, Sam. Well, as an individual... Uh, who works for the legislature, I used that service. I had no idea that it was there. 
and I was really when I found out, I was I was really uh, happy, uh, and not for obvious reasons. But I guess I was going to say first of all, it's not really a secret. It's been there for years. Yeah, but is that fair? It, is that fair? Well, to the, yeah. Is that fair to the rest of us who have to go stand in line and take a number? It, well, I was going to say if you've ever worked for the legislature, Sam, you'll know it's a bear when you're doing your work and you try to leave there yeah. and go to the DMV, then come back and try to get a parking space. So, Joe, you, uh, if, I, you if, were, I, if, were, if I run up my own tire shop or if I run my own bakery, you know that it's a, it's a bear to go down to the DMV and sit there for four hours or five hours or six hours? Why, I've, why, I've why, is, why is it more of a... Why is it more difficult for someone who works for the legislature than it is for somebody in the private sector? Well, I can't serve two masters. Like, for instance, example, I had all these kids, and I had to go and get my license, you know, to re-up my license, and I'm so glad that I had a chance to go across the street and get and take care of my DMV because I couldn't serve the public. And one of the reasons, again, is that uh, it does make it a little easier for People who work—it's not just legislators; yeah. it's people who are not don't even work for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get that. I get they that. But we would, but you. we, but Joe, we would they all, we would all, we would all like that luxury. And so, why yeah, should it? Why should it only be afforded to people who work in the legislature? Come on, Sam. This is America. Now you know this is a class society. Everybody don't get the same type of perks. That so, if you don't work, Joe, are, are you are you telling okay. are you telling the public right now the people who pay your salary? that legislators and people who work for the legislature are a higher class than the rest of us? No, no. I'm saying that we have specialized duties and jobs. And while I'm working, I'm doing things for you, and you don't even know that I'm doing it. I see. And I would like to give you the best quality service that I can give you without being and, interrupted. And, and, and who's paying you to do that? Who's paying me to do that? Uh-huh. You mean, is this this old adage, I pay your salary, and so you're supposed to tell? That's not one of those kind of arguments, is it, Sam? Please. So, that's so the, the oldest one so in the, the world. So the people who pay your salary should not get the benefits that you enjoy? Sure, I would love to get the benefits they, they enjoy, and they have probably have no, 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 you, no, 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 Joe, Joe, you just twisted that around. I just said no, you, you're, you're, you're saying to people who pay your salary, that they should not be able to have the same benefits that you enjoy, like a DMV, no, like no. no waiting at the DMV. No, no, I wish that we all didn't have to wait. There's probably something that's your job that I'd love to have, but I just don't have the benefit because I don't work there. Well, there pro well, there probably okay. there probably isn't. And number two, you don't pay my salary, so that's the difference. Well, that's a, you're that's a, a, a non-issue. No, Joe, you're a that's public non-issue. You're a public servant. You serve the public. Sam, you know what I like? I like for us as Americans to find some real issues. To be talking about an issue about DMV, that's the oldest. That that they've been doing that for thirty and forty years. Well, Let's then, find that, some real then, then then maybe Joe, you struck. Maybe you struck upon something. Maybe we have a problem that if it's been going on for thirty or forty years, it has never been addressed. Well, again, um, you really everyone gets perks and gets benefits. That other people don't get. That's just the way no. it is. That's the way it lines no. up. So, no, that's not you know, true. You that's... need to find a real issue. That's not a real issue, Sam. Come on, man. Let's find something that we can help people. Well, I DMV, guess I guess I guess for a guy who I guess for a guy who gets to walk into a DMV office and not have to wait, that's not a real issue. But now for somebody who runs their own private business 
and is stuck at the DMV office for eight hours and loses eight hours of productivity, you know what, Joe? It is a real issue. I've done it many, many times. It's a real DMV waiting in line. So I get it, okay? But, uh, again, we probably need to get an issue that really impacts people. Okay, DMV well. waiting in line in the DMV. I, yeah, that's a bad thing. I get it. Yeah. No, I don't minimize that sound. Well, no, that's a, ba- that's a pain. Based on the in- pain. based on the inactivity of lawmakers and people who work in the legislature on this issue, I believe that you and some of your other colleagues in that building probably believe this is a non-issue because your activity well, no, it's not a non-issue. because your activity no, because of, or your lack of acti- no. activity in addressing this this big time problem at the DMV obviously indicates you don't think it's a real problem. We have bigger issues, okay? We do, and huh? That's not one of them. Okay. okay? <laughs> all right. Well, Jeez. I'll tell you what, Joe, because I got a lot of people who are calling in right now, and I'll ask them that. I'll ask them if they think that uh, we got a lot of bigger issues. Okay. Okay. I appreciate it. Thanks for Thanks. listening, man. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you, Joe. Thanks for the call. Wow. I think that call really told us a lot about the attitude inside that building, and about the attitude that you know what you as a taxpayer. Maybe you shouldn't have the right to have the benefits that they enjoy, that they deserve those benefits that you don't. Roger's calling in from Fair Oaks. Roger, did you hear that call? Sam, I, I only caught part of it, and the guy was saying it was no big deal. I, I really have to laugh about that. I, I had the experience this last Thursday. It started back in July. I, my birthday's in August, and... Uh, I'm like, okay, I, I called a month and uh, about a half right. prior to my birthday, figuring I'd make an appointment. Well, then I couldn't get an appointment until September, like, 12th. Huh. So I thought, well, hell, I'm going to have to get this the hard way. So I went, and I got my birth certificate and couldn't find my Social Security, so I went to locate my Social Security card. Of course, I had to go there. closest one to my house was the one in... in uh, the uh, Roseville area, right, and went to get that. Uh, they handed me a paper and said, "You can't get your stuff here. You live a resident in Sacramento County. You have to go to Sacramento." So I went there. I got that. That'll be here in about two weeks. And then uh, I had to also order my birth certificate. Uh, one, I have the original one from right. 1952 from San Francisco. Right. But I have to. I had to order a certified one. Right. That so, but you, you, you're, you're going to have to collect all that paperwork no matter what state you you live in in America. That's just the I, way the that, law is. I, I get that. But my question is because we just had Joe on the line who works for the legislature and he's been able to use this uh, office where they don't have to wait. And he he was saying in his phone call to us just moments ago that. In America, there's a hierarchy system, and essentially, uh, I'm just going to kind of paraphrase what he said, that people in the legislature and who work in the legislature uh, should have the ability and the right to go into a DMV and not wait while the rest of us uh, should go in and wait. Well, Sam, that doesn't surprise me. It's the typical uh, political or systematic uh, double standard applied to everybody but them, and uh, of course... I'm definitely against that. And an easy solution for all of this, not having to wait, is I've had a license since I was 15 years old. Uh, that's uh, going to be somewhere around uh, 50 years, okay? Yeah. And and so you you do the math on that. Uh, I Last time I renewed my license, I had to give them my verbal Social Security, which I did against my wishes, mm-hmm. that they wouldn't issue me a license. 
So here we are. Why do I have to go provide all this information to him? Well, I, I, I yeah, from- no, I, no, I get that, and I, but that's a, that's a whole another issue because that's been mandated by the federal government across the United States of America. It's a new security system, and and that's what we're burdened with. Uh, but th- yeah, th- the homeland security. Yes, correct, correct. But as far as the legislature goes, no way. Yeah, it's it's a I know. standard. Hey, look at I'll tell you, right. Roger. This is exactly why people are sick and tired of the establishment in the swamp. It's this type of behavior and this type of attitude. Of, you 100%. know, guess what? The, I mean, this whole notion that, oh, for some reason, because we work under the dome, uh, we're more important than the rest of you. And then they and then they wonder why people are, are tired of the establishment, why people like Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump got the traction that they got in the last election. Well, at, at the bottom of all of their, their bills, if they're financial or uh, burden-related, they say this does not apply to Congress or right, the right, legislature. Right. No. You know? Yeah, really? I do. I know. I know. I know. Roger, you know, I know. I know. I got a break here. I got to go. But listen, hey, thanks a lot for the phone call. Great phone call. I appreciate it. Uh, we got another call coming in, but I got to take this quick break, and we're going to get to that on the other side. I'm Sam Shane. This is KFBK, the phone number 916 921 1530 We're back in a moment. Stay connected. News and analysis. KFBK Weekend Live. News Radio KFBK. I knew this uh, DMV topic would get them going. I knew I knew the phones would light up. It's just it's a remarkable story. And then the phone call that we got about ten minutes ago was just rem- that in and of itself was remarkable. Someone who works for the legislature and says it. Yeah, they, they should have a right to have a, their own DMV office, and they shouldn't have to wait, and the rest of us should. That's that that's his attitude. He works for you, folks. They're working for you. My name is Sam Shane. Phone number 916-921-1530, 1530 This is KFBK, 1530 AM, 93.1 FM. Uh, you can watch us on Facebook right now. We're live on the KFBK Facebook page if you want to check that out. Let's go to the phones. Kelly joins us on a Saturday evening. Hi, Kelly. How are you? In my car, so I hope you can hear me. I hear you just fine. What do you think about this whole DMV debacle? Well, I um, my blood was boiling when Mr. Joe was on the phone. Wasn't that was that not unbelievable? Yes, I have to compliment you on how you handled him. I am a small business owner. I work. I actually work Tuesday through Friday. I have employees, so I am open on Sunday and Monday. However, my days off are not wanting to be in the DMV, and uh, I have to say that he is a classic example of the draining of the swamp. That's yes. why I voted for Donald Trump. You know, Kelly, yeah. Kelly, when, it's, it's, it's funny that you say that because as I was listening to this phone call here in the studio, I was thinking the same thing. This is exactly why, and I mentioned this just a moment ago on the air, why Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump got the traction they did going into 2016 because people are fed up with this attitude of the establishment feeling as yeah. though that they are superior over the rest of us. And here you are, a private business person. I'm going to guess there's no way that you could possibly spend six to eight hours sitting in a DMV office and get anything done in your in your business. No, and I, I have to be honest with you, I belong to AAA just as a bonus to go in and, and renew my, you know, take care of small procedures. But there are some things that you absolutely have to go into the DMV for. And I, I just found, I just, Oh my God! I can't believe it. <laughs> this is this is just making me sick. I know. Think of this on a small 
scale. This is just one person that oversees this government. Right. And then not to mention the, the millions of dollars that got slid under the table somewhere, which I would love to know where that's at. I think they need to do an audit. Of but course Governor they Brown do. does not want to do that because it's going to find all oh. the investing and the monkey business that goes on in our capital with the money. And these stupid people that keep voting Democrat don't get it. They want to they subsidize their parties and their stupid ideas and their agendas that are going nowhere. Our, our state's going in the toilet faster well, than... Well, Kelly, I, I have a feeling that if, if more Californians felt as passionate about this as you do right now... I'm, out, I'm outraged. Well, right, and... and it would seem to me that more people should be, but you know what? Quite frankly, apathy among voters has led to this, and this yeah. is, and we have allowed this not only this behavior but this attitude to be pervasive in our government le- at every level, at, at, on all government levels. Yeah, I'm assuming that he was not a high level. I'm hoping he's not high level, but even at that low level, it even makes it worse that he uh, has a justifies the the echelon of how this goes and how how they just it's i mean how condescending exactly exactly and i love how i have to compliment you you handled him beautifully everything that came out of your mouth i'm like oh yes (laughs) (laughs) oh kelly i I know thank you i mean it's i guess i guess i guess we could call that radio gold when a guy like that calls in (laughs) he he was like uh, that was a golden moment for you and you can keep that tape because that's going to be one you need to play back Highlight reel. Thanks a lot. I, I, I appreciate the call. Great, great yeah, and call. And I hope he continues to listen because he's an idiot and he needs an education in government and how it should work for the people, not for the people that are collecting a paycheck. Right. So, but do well, you, I, I, I don't know if you heard it, but when I suggested that, you know, I wanted to remind him that we were the ones that paying his salary, he he tried to downplay that, that that was insignificant. I, did. I absolutely heard that. I think that's when my, my blood pressure went up. <laughs> Well, okay. Take a deep breath and go uh, enjoy I, the rest I, of your Saturday. Evening. I will. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm so glad I got through. And thank you so much because you're a pleasure to listen to. Thank you, Kelly. I really appreciate the call. Have a great weekend. Uh, let's go to John in Fairfield right now. Hi, John. How are you? I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm doing quite well. What are your thoughts about this DMV debacle? You know, this guy is the most arrogant, aloofness, smug guy I've ever heard on the radio. Right. He he just. He just is rubbing it on. So he's not there to to justify the DMV office. He's there to rub it in our faces. You mm-hmm. can hear it in his voice. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's he all about I have the has and has nots. He has and we don't have none. No, I mean, and I think if, if right. you want to address the problem that affects all the people, the DMV affects all the people. No, there was, no. I mean, look at uh, John. I mean, there, there clearly when, when when he called in, there was class warfare on his mind. I mean, he was part of the upper echelon in his estimation because he works for the legislature, and for some reason in his mind, he is uh, then um, allowed to or given powers that the rest of us, the you know, just the rest of you folks out there don't get and shouldn't have, and and don't tell me that I work for you because you're not up to my level. I mean, I mean, it's just it's amazing to me that that attitude um, exists, but I guess it does. He's he's just uh, he thinks he's untouchable. That's the problem. He needs to go. Well, um, g- given the way that things move, um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet the farm on the fact that he's going to go anywhere. <laughs> Unfortunately, you're right. Yeah. 
All right, John. Yep. Thanks very much for the call. I appreciate it calling in from uh, Fairfield tonight on the road. That was a doozy. That really was a dandy. Haven't I think I've been here since March or so. That's one of the top five, easy, since March. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Kamala Harris. Uh, she is in the news because her star is uh, rising very rapidly, as opposed to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, which uh, we might get to this. I don't know if we're going to get to it. I wish we, I, I, I can't bank on the fact that we're going to get to this, but... I, that that's the, the the Congress. She's running for Congress in New York. The Democrat, socialist, has stumbled all over herself in in one interview after another. And they what do they do? They cart her all over the United States of America, endorsing candidates for the election that just took place this past week. The primaries. Not one of her candidates finished in the top spot. Not one. Most, if not all, got crushed. So. I, I don't know what happens to her, but that may be the the fastest burnout of a political career that I've witnessed in my thirty plus years in the media. But we'll see if we can get to that story. That's a little bit later on. But Kamala Harris, on the other on the other hand, uh, odds makers are now bullish on California Senator Kamala Harris's twenty twenty presidential chances, according to online betting site Odd Shark. Harris has now surged into a tie with Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders for the best Democratic odds to win the 2020 presidential election. How about that? She's up with the burn in terms of odds. Now, President Trump, still far and away the best odds, according to Odd Shark, plus 140. It means if you bet 100 bucks, you get 140 back if he wins. Sanders and Harris are at 1,200. So she's still a long shot compared to Trump. But the odds makers are liking her chances at least a lot more than they were one month ago. Why is that? We have some audio clips from Kamala Harris. She gave a speech this past week. She also did a podcast interview. She was asked to list her accomplishments in the first 18 months as a United States senator. And her answer may surprise you just a little bit. So do we have time, Kendall, to go ahead and play the first clip or not yet? No, we're going we're gonna to hit the break. Okay, we got to hit the break. So let's do this. We'll hit the break. We'll play Kamala Harris clips on the other side and get to more news from this past week here on the Weekend Live Show. I'm Sam Shane on KFBK. KFBK Weekend Live. News Radio KFBK. Thank you for being with us. It's uh, 6.06 on a Saturday evening. We're at our final hour of our two-hour program. Uh, We are here every Saturday evening live uh, from 5 o'clock to 7 o'clock. This show is called Weekend Live here on KFBK, and my name is Sam Shane, and the phone number is 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. We're also live on Facebook if you want to check out the KFBK Facebook page right now. We've been getting a lot of phone calls uh, since Joe called in, and last hour, if you missed this phone call, Joe works for the legislature. We'd been doing a story about the uh, debacle at the the DMV, which I'm sure you're well aware of, the wait times and and what took place uh, in terms of hearings. And they threw more money at the problem this week against the Capitol, which seems to be the standard operating procedure. We also shared with our audience that there is a secret little office where lawmakers can go and members of the legislature who work at the legislature also, it turns out, can go. It's a DMV office. There's no waiting. But you and I cannot go there. Only lawmakers and their staff members can go there. And Joe called in 
and told us why that that's just fine. It's okay that they deserve to have that perk, and we, the average American, average Californian, the average taxpayer, voter, member of the public, we have to go and wait. They don't. Well, we're going to have that on our podcast, okay? So after this show is over, we will post this. If you go to the KFBK website and you go to the podcast tab, click on the podcast tab and click on Weekend Live, and you can hear it's a remarkable interview. So just wanted to let you know it's out there that if you missed it, you can still hear it. We'll probably have that up. We're thinking about 8 o'clock or so, right, Kendall? Yeah, she thinks about 8 o'clock. All right, uh, we're going to get to Kamala Harris in just a second, but Jane calls in from Martinez. Um, with her thoughts on uh, Kamala Harris. Hi, Jean. How are you tonight on yes. this Saturday? Yeah, hi. I called you a, a while back. I'm from Martinez, yes. and I enjoy your show, Thank and you. I wish you were on more often. In fact, uh, just remember that Rush and Tom Rush and Tom Sullivan both came from this radio station. And well, you, you just now. put me in some fine company there. Thank you. Well, good luck. Maybe you could get a daytime show. But anyway, <laughs> I want to talk about Kamala. Um, you know, um, I don't think people in the Midwest uh, or in the, those flyover countries would, would really go for Kamala. I don't think they like anything from California. Look how many times they rejected Jerry Brown. Well, uh, I, uh, wait, 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 wait. There was a guy named Ronald Reagan. Well, that's true, but okay. Ronald Reagan was not a Democrat, so uh, that makes a difference. Well, so I want to go back to when Kamala Harris was elected um, district attorney of San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Now, I've got a long memory about things like this, but I think when people hear this, they're kind of going to say, hmm. Okay. Uh, There was a policeman that was killed, and she uh, would not allow the death penalty because she doesn't believe in the death penalty. So she made the choice as a DA, although it was on the books. Right. She made the choice as a district attorney not to do the death penalty. But and Jane, I there, but, but Jane, around. I know maybe you do believe in the death penalty, but the reality is, is that there are a lot of Americans out there that believe that there should not be a death penalty. So, so she's not going to alienate them. But what about a police officer? Well, I'm not disagreeing necessarily with your position. That's what I'm right. just saying from a strategic standpoint. There might be enough of a voter base out there to support her position. Right, that's true, but I will just say this in, in, in closing, is that I think when you consider a police officer, that's not just J.Q. Public. That's, that is somebody that's I, pretty important, and uh, he's out there for us, and she would not allow. But listen, thanks for, thanks for listening to me. I love your show. Thanks, Jane. I appreciate the okay. phone call. Call me in from Martinez. Bye-bye, and hopefully we'll hear from Jane again. Uh, okay, let's uh, play a couple of audio clips from uh, Kamala Harris, because as I just mentioned to you, there's an outfit out there called the Odds Shark. And Odd Shark says that Harris has now surged and is now even with Bernie Sanders as a favorite in the Democrat Party to be the nominee for the 2020 presidential election. So her stake is rising, according to this particular outfit. And there are a number of political experts and insiders who would not disagree with that, that they see her as the rising star. But does she have enough gravitas? That might be an issue. So let's play a couple of uh, clips for you right now. She talked about in a speech here. She gave a speech this past week, and she tried to distance herself and her party from identity politics. Okay, now this is this is a strategy, and it's clearly playing out early in this run for president of the United States if she does it, and all indications are she will. The notion of identity politics is that it puts the group before the individual. We've heard politicians do this in the past. It pits one group 
against another. Rather than we're all Americans and we're all in this together, and in the end, identity politics, what it does is, of course, divides us. And now we're seeing Harris trying to distance herself and her party from identity politics. They want to be seen as the great unifier, the great unifying party, and not a divider. Here's that audio clip. I have a problem, guys, with that phrase, identity politics. Because let's be clear, when people say that, it's a pejorative. That phrase is used to divide and it is used to distract. Its purpose is to minimize and marginalize issues that impact all of us. So here she goes. It's a clear strategy to put herself out in front as the great unifier. I'm the one who will bring us all together. I'm not the one who's going to divide us. I'm not going to play identity politics. And I am going to be, in opposition, the biggest enemy of identity politics in all of politics. That was not made by mistake this week. Now, I want to play for you another clip. This was a podcast, an interview that she did. And she was asked to list her biggest accomplishment in her first 18 months as U.S. Senator, and she really struggled with this answer. Here it is. I'll tell you, um, one of the things that I think for me is most important is the role that I serve on the various committees that I'm on, um, which are oversight committees. Like, let's be clear, those committees exist to 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 watch and question um, what is going on with our government, with the United States government. So I'm on Senate Intelligence I'm on Homeland Security. I'm on Judiciary. And the accomplishment then for me is a function of what I think my role should be. And often, especially in the last 18 months, it has been to try and get at the truth. And so the accomplishment is and the goal is to always make sure that we are being and the system is being as transparent as possible. And that, you know, frankly, that the American public has the answers and that we're being told the truth. Wow. Her answer, what are your biggest accomplishments in the first 18 months as U.S. Senator? And she says, I sit on committees. Well, Senator Harris, there are a lot of senators who sit on committees. See, this this is where the depth is going to become an issue for her. The gravitas, as I mentioned. Does she have enough? The, here's the other side of that before we go to break. Does she really need it? I mean, let's look back at the two presidents that have just, the one who currently is in the office and the one who just served. Barack Obama served one term as a U.S. senator with very little legislative experience or accomplishments to point to. Many votes he abstained from. Didn't even vote for obvious reasons because he knew he was running for president. He didn't want the controversy to dog him. He, before that, was a community organizer He hardly had any political experience. Fast forward Donald Trump, outsider, businessman, no political experience whatsoever, and became president. I mean, we might be at a point now in this country where you don't need experience, and maybe, just maybe, if you don't have it, it's a benefit. Because things are so upside down, you can just wash your hands of it and say, I didn't do this. This isn't on me. Not all those other folks in Washington, D.C. and Sacramento who messed it up. 
Maybe that's how she's going to try to run. I don't know. But it was kind of a tough week for her. That podcast was very, very clumsy. We'll see how she does. But, yep, you can expect she's going to run. My name is Sam Shane. This is a Weekend Live. Phone number here is 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. On the other side, we will hear about the college that allows students to pick their own grade. What a sweet deal that is. We're back in a moment. Live news and analysis on News Radio KFBK. 620 on a Saturday evening. Thanks for spending it with us. Just a portion of it. We're off the air just before 7 o'clock. Hope you stick around. We've got some interesting things to talk about here. My name is Sam Shane. This is Weekend Live on KFBK. The phone number is 916 921 1530. We are live on Facebook at the KFBK Facebook page. If you want to join us there, I want to go to the phones right now. Coy from Applegate joins us on this Saturday evening. Hi, Coy. How are things? Yeah, I'm just fine. Thank you. Good, good. What's on I your mind? I had a comment about our uh, Senator uh, Kamala Harris. Yes. Uh, the name Willie Brown, yep. rec- recognizable to you? Sure, of course. Yeah, well, he she used to work under Willie Brown. Yeah. She rose up through the ranks by sitting on Willie Brown's lap. Well, I understand that they had a relationship, Coy. That, that's what, that was my understanding, and it's pretty well known. Okay, I just wanted to, I, I feel that should be better known. Oh, okay. Well, but I don't think the public would be quite so accepting of her if they realize that's the way she rose. It might uh, it might depend on what side of the aisle you're on because uh, Mr. Willie Brown was a very popular man for a long time both in the assembly oh, and as sure mayor was. of San Francisco. So Yeah, he sure was. Well, right. uh, San Francisco and before that. Yeah, right. Uh, down at the California Senate. Yep. All right, Coy, thanks very much he, for the he call. He basically ran next to the state of California for a few yes, years. Yes, he did. You're absolutely right. He was an extraordinarily powerful man when he was speaker of the assembly. Pete from Sacramento uh, is on the line right now. We're going to switch lines to Pete. Hi, Pete. How are you? Oh, doing good. How are you doing? Today? I'm doing quite well. What's on your mind? Uh, I wanted to. I was just thinking about um, your point about identity politics mm-hmm. and the fact that, um, in, in my opinion, um, it seems like Democrats are the ones that are always marginalizing various groups of people and victimizing them based on religion, based on social status, based on. Um, all kinds of factors. Um, a couple examples, I guess, would be our last president that spent eight years in, in office. He very much marginalized the um, African American community on several several fronts when we were having um, issues with law enforcement and um, the point about um, the African American community not trusting. Law enforcement. So, he, so he was really good at marginalizing. So, but but, but uh, Pete, how 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 would that be marginalizing African Americans if he says there are members of the African American community that don't trust the police force? How is that marginalizing them? Well, it's 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 creating a victim. He's victimizing them. Oh, he is. Um, I see. He, he's separating them based on. Okay, uh, that's a but fear that's factor. yeah, but that's different than saying that there are members of the African American community that do not trust law enforcement because that is true. You realize I that? I agree. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But to per- perpetuate that, I think he was a catalyst for it as well. I, I don't think he was a good mediator when that whole um, 
issue was taking the forefront. So okay, so let let's let's uh, take our eye off the rearview mirror and let's look forward here because what what okay. Kamala Harris is doing in this speech this past week is trying to distance herself from that tactic of uh, of creating identity politics. She's going to and come that's for- not, and that's not a bad position either. It's right. actually that's actually pretty smart. Right. It's it's like saying I'm I'm for sunset, sunrises, and babies. I mean. You, yeah. you, you, there, there's no downside to criticizing uh, that that tactic. You you only win. It's like I'm for lower taxes and I'm for uh, more uh, health care for Americans. Well, yeah, everybody's for all that stuff. Right. Right. And and, and unfortunately, this next um, election, the, the I think you're the, the the Democrats are going to have to play on the fact that there's some very misinformed voters out there that only are going to vote based on partially on um, emotion yeah and partially on on information that's just not not accurate so he, they're going to definitely uh, take I, advantage of, of that in look my I, opinion. I, 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 we were talking about Willie Brown with the previous caller and Willie Brown got this right about two or three months ago and he's absolutely correct about the Democrat Party if they're going to have success going forward whether it's the midterms or the 2020 election they've got to give people a reason to vote for them and they have to right. stop the criticism, they have to stop the whining, they have to stop the Trump bashing, because those are all negatives that don't play well with the, that middle ground voter that they have to capture. And, they've, and, and, and you can see Harris trying to set the table, saying, okay, I'm not going to do the identity politics, I'm going to be the unifier. She's already going down that path. So right. I, I would not be surprised if Willie Brown's in her ear making a few suggestions. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Pete, yeah, that's a good point. Thanks very much. I appreciate the phone call. It was a good call. Yeah, good conversation. Thank okay, you, sir. Thanks. Appreciate it very much. Uh Tony from Rockland joins us right now and we're dialing it back to DMV. You still got that on your mind, Tony. What what's up? Well, I do, uh, and thanks for taking my call. I was in high school in 1958 and I read the uh I read the book uh, Animal Farm and it and it and it still applies today. Everybody's equal, but just some are more equal than others. I mean, I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> no, but... I know, but I I like that line. That's a good line. Yeah, and I appreciate you taking my call. Thanks thanks very much. Tony, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. We're all equal, but some are more equal. That's beautiful. That is really beautiful. Uh, phone number here is 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. I just had to get this in today. I just, I'm stacking the show, and I'm like, oh, okay. A literature class at Davidson College this fall will use what's called contract grading. Have you heard of this? Allows students to pick ahead of time their grade for the class and the workload they need to complete the class. So the student gets to pick the grade and the workload before the class even begins. The offer is posed by Professor Melissa Gonzalez for her Introduction to Spanish Literatures and Cultures course. Davidson College, by the way, a private liberal arts college in Davidson, North Carolina. And I read that and I thought, why did I not go there? I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to take an A. You know, Now, I'll take an A+. Plus, and I won't be here for the next two weeks. I love your class. <laughs> Can, I mean, honestly, they're, they're really doing this. <sighs> Steve from Roseville. Is on the line. Hi, Steve. How are you? Sam, big Sam. It's Steve from Orangeville, actually. Oh, okay. Well, it says it says here on my screen, Roseville. I know. And yeah. you know, and you know, and you know what? A, a guy like me, I read everything you put in front of me. 
newsreader. Oh, that's what I did. It was if it was on the tele- teleprompter, I'd say it. Doesn't matter what it said. Right. 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 Oh, jeez. <laughs> Hey, so real quick, uh, uh, two things, one on the DMV and one on Kamala Harris. Okay. Um, so I just went into the DMV yesterday to renew my license because I couldn't uh, do the online renewal anymore because it's been five years. Okay. So I made an appointment uh, a few weeks ago. I had a 355 appointment, got there at like 340-ish, and I got in the line. They gave me the number. I waited. So basically, long story short, I was in and out dealt with my uh, real ID and my veteran's ID, and it took me about an hour and 15-ish minutes You're kidding. for that appointment. No. Really? Steve? Yep. And that was you, a false on DMV. I, I got to tell you something. We've been hitting this DMV story for like three weeks, whether it's been on my show or we're filling in for John or right. whatever. Right. You're the first person to call in to, to, to have a, a good DMV story. The first. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, the eight-hour horror stories and everything, I consider myself very lucky for getting out of there in, like, you know, just over an hour. Or here's the, or, or here's, or here's the other option. You work for the legislature. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and funny story about that. Yeah. When that DMV office was in the Capitol, right. I worked across the street at the Hyatt, and I would go over there to that legislative office and get my DMV stuff taken care of. Oh, they let you in? Yeah, because it was it's it was back then it was a public office. It's not anymore. Right, but it wasn't known back then, so nobody went there but the people oh. at the Capitol. Man, I, you've got some DMV magic, Steve. I, you, yeah, you, you really do. Right. Uh, okay. All right. Okay. Okay. We got your DMV story. The way you got to hit me really fast on on Kamala Harris. Yeah, so really the fast. Kamala Harris thing, based on the uh, the you know your your comment or the other caller's comment on Kamala Louis Brown having Kamala Harris's ear. Yeah. Based, based on Kamala's history, I'm I'm sure that that's probably not the only thing that Willie Brown had. Well, yeah, Steve, uh, we can't go there, but I get I, right. we know that they had a relationship. But uh, yeah, thanks for the call, right. and, and and very glad that you have a good positive DMV story because it is quite frankly refreshing to hear those. So yeah, that, yeah. there's a lot of horror stories. I know. Oh my Good gosh. Job, Sam. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Steve All calling right. in from Orangeville, not Roseville. Uh, time now is uh, six thirty. We are up against a break. We've got phone calls pouring in. My name is Sam Shane. This is Weekend Live, 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. We have audio clips from Rudy Giuliani. I want to get these in in the next half hour. He thinks this whole Mueller investigation is going to blow up, and you'd be surprised who he thinks is going to be investigated. He's talking big, big stuff here. Thanks for being with us. We're back on the other side. KFBK Weekend Live. News and analysis. On News Radio, KFBK. We are picking up on Davidson College. We spoke about him just a few minutes ago. There is a professor there named Melissa Gonzalez, and she thinks it's a very good idea for her students to pick the grade that they will receive before the class even begins. So they get to pick their grade. And they get to determine the workload. How sweet it is. Dave from Sacramento calls in. So, Dave, hey, Sam. hi, how are you? What do you think of this whole uh, notion? I'm doing well. First of all, I want to say something to you real quick. Sam, I've, I've caught you a few times on the radio. You are excellent on the radio. Well, I mean, you. you are just top drawer. So I just wanted to say that to you. Hey, that, Dave, that's very nice. I appreciate that a lot. You know, it's very true, Sam. Um, second of all, that's the college that... Um, Steph Curry graduated from. Oh, you know, Steph- that's right. 
When he, Steph Curry first came into the NBA, I really liked him because I thought, well, here's a guy that's straight-laced. You know, he's going to be a conservative. He's going to be solid. And then I watched him morph, more into the swag thing, take an opposition. I'm not going to the White House. You know, all of that stuff, which is mm-hmm. why I've said you can have the NBA. I've been watching it for 50 years. I'm done with it. You can, you can keep it. And Steph Curry is a part of that. Davis and Grant. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah I I know what you're saying. I mean, I'm not sure that Steph Curry is a reflection of every Davidson grad, uh, but mm-hmm. uh, and 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 I I didn't even realize that when I pulled this story. I just I read the story and I thought, you know, Dave, I would I was as I said on the air a few few minutes ago. Why didn't I go to school there? I get to pick my grade. <laughs> you yeah, know, I'd hey. get I'd get out and I'd go into my job interview and they'd say you have a 4.0 grade point average. How'd you do that? Yeah, <laughs> well. <laughs> When you go look for a job and you actually have to get out yeah. in the workforce. Well, I I really studied or I didn't at all. <laughs> hey, Sam, nice talking to you. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate the call. It's great to hear from you very much. Appreciate that. Okay, I want to I want to get into uh, Rudy Giuliani because he gave a remarkable interview this week. Uh, the time now is uh, six thirty-seven. Phone number here is nine one six nine two one fifteen thirty one eight hundred eight three four fifteen thirty. Uh, we're on Facebook Live right now if you want to join us at the KFBK Facebook page. Rudy Giuliani gave an interview on Wednesday, and he talked about the case, the Mueller case, the collusion case, and he essentially said it's not going to fizzle. It's going to blow up. And essentially he said it's going to blow up on Mueller and the investigators. He says the whole thing's going to backfire, doubling down big time on this. Giuliani said the real story in the case it's not going to fizzle. It's going to blow up on him. A lot more to the obstruction of justice, to the collusion, to the fake dossier. And he said the only collusion involved in this case is the intel community, which used the Steele dossier to obtain several fraudulent FISA wires. So that sort of puts it in perspective, kind of in context. But I want you to hear it from him as he said it, because it really is remarkable in what he is saying and how this is going to, in his estimation, completely boomerang and realize what an aggressive thing that is to say at this point in time when the President of the United States and members of his administration and members of his campaign are either under investigation and one of them, Manafort's, on trial right now, for God's sakes. So let's begin our audio clips now with Rudy Giuliani, Trump's attorney, telling Fox News Mueller's investigation is going to blow up and essentially backfire. He began the interview talking about the Steele dossier being the biggest illegality so far. Here's that audio clip. Can it get uh, any worse? I mean, what do we need to know that this is a totally illegitimate investigation based on uh, a, a report, a dossier that was paid for by Hillary Clinton and the Democrats? Probably the biggest illegality so far. So he's focusing in on the Steele dossier, which the FBI and the Justice Department used to obtain FISA warrants to do more investigation. So they go into these judges and they say, here, it's on this dossier, all this information, which, by the way, was bought and paid for by the opposition party. And Giuliani says, that's a huge problem, a huge problem. And there's much more to investigate on that. But he doesn't stop there. I mean, he doubles down. It's almost as if, if you listen to this interview, and we're going through, I'm going to take you right through it from beginning to end. He's doubling down with almost every single answer. He antes up. He's like he's in a poker game, and he just keeps throwing in more chips. All right, let's get to the second clip from the interview. 
He said the Mueller investigation overall, the Mueller investigation is illegitimate. I've never been involved in, a, in, in an investigation on, on either side that's more illegitimate than this one, that is so obviously more illegitimate. And I wonder, where's the sense of justice? Now, remember, this is the attorney, the former mayor of New York, now the attorney for the president of the United States, making these statements, calling it illegitimate. The dossier is illegitimate. The investigation's illegitimate. He's saying this to Fox News. And as I'm watching this, I'm thinking to myself, what if... What if he said this to 60 Minutes? What if he said this to another news organization? I mean, he didn't. And I'm going to guess that a lot of you probably haven't even heard these sound bites. But this is from a man who is the attorney for the President of the United States. And he says that the Justice Department and the FBI's investigation is illegitimate. And that the investigators should be and likely will be investigated. We're going to get to that in a moment. Next sound clip, next audio clip from Rudy Giuliani. He then said, This is increasingly becoming a story. With each passing day, each passing week, each passing month, a story about what the investigators did wrong. Here's that clip. The real story here is not that this case isn't going to fizzle. It's going to blow up on them. The real question is what we talked about before. There's a lot more to what they did that nobody knows about yet. That's a stunning soundbite. If you listen to that soundbite from beginning to end, it's not going to fizzle. It's going to blow up. And there's a lot more that nobody knows. And when he says nobody, I think he means most of the American people. But many of the insiders in Washington, D.C. maybe know a whole lot more than what we're being told. Because you can hear him getting more and more aggressive with his stance more and more confident about where the president stands and the illegalities that he cited in the investigation by the investigators. And as this becomes more evident and clear, then he believes the American people will demand that all sides be investigated. So he takes it even a step further. And he talks about the investigators. And this is where the boomerang comes, okay? Throwing in some more chips. He's sitting around playing poker with his buddies late at night, and he's going to ante up even more. How he says the investigators must be investigated for alleged wrongdoing. Here's that clip. I said a long time ago, the investigation here has to be in the investigators because we can't let this happen again in American history. We may not have a president as strong as uh, President Trump, uh, a lesser president could have really been cracked by this. What do you think of that? One more for you. And this was sort of the last salvo in the interview, where Giuliani took this on Wednesday of this past week, that maybe you didn't hear, but is remarkable in the fact that he is the attorney for the President of the United States. And many of the people within the administration and many of the people within the campaign, the Trump campaign, have been subjected to this investigation by Robert Mueller and his team and the FBI and the Justice Department. And so far there have been no charges. And they continue to say, where's the where there? And the president continues to call it a witch hunt. And now Giuliani comes out this past week and says, guess what, folks? Not only is there nothing there, there actually is something there, and it's not on our side. 
it's being done by the people who have been conducting the investigation, the illegalities. He didn't stop there. He doubled down once again. He said that one year from now, this will not be about Trump. He says one year from now, it will be about the investigators. I believe that when this plays out over the next year or two, it's not going to be about President Trump. It's going to get over with. It's going to be about all the things they did. This, this, you know how sometimes the, the cover-up is worse than the crime? In this case, the investigation was much worse than the no crime. The investigation was worse than the no crime. Comparing it to the cover-up worse than the crime. Comparing it to Watergate. He said on record this could be worse than Watergate. I'm going to guess that you probably didn't hear any of those sound bites on any of your local newscasts or any of your network newscasts. Just, I'm just going to guess. I don't know for a fact. But having been a news guy for 30-plus years, that's going to be my guess. What do you think of that? What do you think of Giuliani saying that? Are you concerned at all by this investigation, and do you think there will be an investigation into the FBI and the Justice Department and Comey and Mueller and Rosenstein and the, the, the rest of them? Will the investigators be investigated? What about the Steele dossier, which was bought and purchased by the Democratic Party, which was the foundation for FISA warrants, paid for by the opposition party? And not even that was information revealed to the judges when they issued it. Do people care or not? 916-921-1530, I'm Sam Shane. This is KFBK. We have more on the other side. Stick around. The Rudy Giuliani interview, very interesting this past week because I, he's really doubling down here, and he thinks this is going to actually boomerang on them, and it's going to backfire. And if that's the case, wouldn't that be an interesting development? I, I don't I don't know if it's going to get to that point, but he sure seems confident it's going to. I, I actually believe it will because, uh, you know, it, it just seems like they, they get to a certain point in the investigation and then they have to deviate or they change the rhetoric or, you know, there's just something else that they need to focus on. Well, and if they really have a strong hand, to use your analogy... They wouldn't be taking different directions. You know, Ra- and Robin, I don't care what party is in power in the United States of America. If we have an FBI and a Justice Department that is behaving illegally and exactly. is using opposition, paid for opposition research to get FISA warrants and FISA wires and taps, that's an enormous problem. I mean, not, now exactly. we, are, we are talking about a filthy, dirty government that needs to be cleaned up from top to bottom, no, ma- no matter the party. I agree. Right. I agree. So I'm hoping that uh, eventually this gets all cleared up, and I think that actually heads are going to roll. It's not going to be uh, Trump. All right. We will see. Robin, thank you very much. appreciate the phone call driving in traffic tonight on a Saturday evening. Um, I, I don't know if you've seen this, but Michael Moore had just went off the, off the rails this week. He was dropping the F-bomb all over the place. F-hope. He says it's the lazy way out. Uh, he's out there promoting his new anti-Trump film. It's called Fahrenheit 11.9 if you want to go see it. He said, as he's promoting this movie, F hope, seriously, F hope. F despair, but F hope. He says, we don't need hope. We need action. He said, there is a real insurgency taking place, Michael Moore says, and it's coming from an extremely surprising source. He didn't name that. So just if you're interested in this new real insurgency taking place, stay tuned to Michael Moore. He'll have more for you. 
Let's go to Keith from Sacramento. He joins us now on the line. Hi, Keith. How are you on this Saturday? How are things going? Hello. How are you? I'm doing well. What's on your mind? Hey, I want to respond to the grade contracting issue. Oh, yeah. From Davidson College. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Where you can pick your grade before it's the, the, the class starts. Well, uh, matter of fact, I, I experienced that um, at my school. I attended the University of Louisiana Lafayette. Well, it was southwestern Louisiana when I attended almost 20-some years ago. But anyway, um, Louisiana and Lafayette and uh Oh, geez. Keith, we're, we're, losing, we're losing your signal. You're on a cell phone somewhere. Oh. Yeah. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah. So, so you were able to do this at your college some 20-some years ago, and I'm just kind of curious. Please tell me that you, 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 got, you got an A and, and nothing but an okay. A, right? Well, well this is how it worked. You, you contracted for your grade if you wanted a C, B, or A, and he gave you a list of things you had to do. You had to, say, write or read several books and write a report. Uh-huh. You had to turn that in at a certain time. Uh-huh. Now, you also had exams for the course, but your grade was boosted, if I could use that word, uh-huh. by your contract. I see, I see. What what grade did you get, by the way? I got an A. <laughs> nice. I would be disappointed if you got anything less than an A. No, I got an A. <laughs> right. But, but it, it was a daunting task. It wasn't just like... You know, I yeah. want an A, so if I well, if I show up every day, yeah, but I, I an A, no, yeah, no. but you know what? As a student, Keith, in college, I would love to have the opportunity to be able to pick my grade before the thing but even starts. I, I must say this quick. Yeah. I know we have to go. Yeah, he, but he was called to the carpet by his one of the uh, deans because one of the students said this is not teaching. Yeah. So, uh, so he came into class one day and it was he was like livid, like who's going to do this, but. <laughs> Anyway, we, yeah. we still were able to contract for our grade. Okay. Thanks a lot, Keith. Appreciate it. So this is not, hey, a, no not, not necessarily a new phenomenon out there that picking grades apparently has been going on in colleges for decades. I still think it's fascinating because I, I never had that uh, luxury. Okay, I want to get in this uh, last audio clip. This is of Ben Shapiro. Um, I, I don't know if you heard about this. He's this conservative commentator, Ben Shapiro. And... Uh, you know who Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is? She's the socialist from New York, and she's running on some very left-leaning ideas like free health care for everybody, free college for everybody, but she can't explain how to pay for it and has pretty much admitted she doesn't really understand the economics of it. So Ben Shapiro challenged uh, Ocasio-Cortez to a one-hour debate or discussion on the issues, and then he offered to give $10,000 to her campaign if she would sit down with him. And uh, she declined. She said it was much like a woman being catcalled. So here is Ben Shapiro's response to that. Again, this is this is so many folks on the left jumping to a sort of intersectional defense in which anybody who requests a discussion or debate must be evil by their very nature. Right? I'm a man, therefore I'm catcalling her, even though as an Orthodox Jew, I have never catcalled a woman in my entire life. Uh, it, it's catcalling because... I guess if I suggest that I want to have a conversation, I'm demanding a response. Well, every request is a request. All she had to say here was, nah, that would have been fine. I mean, she's got that prerogative. But she didn't do that. And she made the right decision not uh, sitting down with him for an hour. That would not have gone well for her at all. Mr. Shapiro is a very, very smart man. Very quick on his feet. 
Uh, I don't know how much you're paying uh, attention to what's going on in Venezuela. Uh, and this is another story that emerged uh, last week with a lot of force, but probably didn't get a whole lot of play. Uh, there's an enormous problem in Venezuela. They, they, they have a currency crisis that is just astonishing. The, the inflation in that country is just out of control, and they can't stop it. They don't know what to do. And now people are fleeing. More than a half a million Venezuelans fled to Ecuador this year. This is according to the United Nations. Think about that. 500,000 people have left Venezuela to Ecuador. And now Ecuador, they've got an enormous problem. More than half a million Venezuelans have sought refuge in Ecuador to escape crime and political violence, which has ensued because of the collapse of the currency. The economy is tanking. More than half a million Venezuelans crossed into Ecuador this year as part of the largest mass migration in Latin American history, according to the United Nations. They made that announcement on Friday of this week. About 30,000 Venezuelans, that's more than 4,000 per day, arrived in the first week of August. 4,000 a day pouring into Ecuador. And so in Ecuador, they've had to declare a month-long state of emergency. That, folks, is something to keep your eye on, because now we're in Central America. And that's not far from North America, my friends. There could be implications, because this is a crisis of enormous magnitude. Even though you say Venezuela, that's a long way away, and it's a country that's really small. And It's funny how there are ripple effects throughout history when you talk about economy and politics. And that's why it's important to keep track of what's going on around the globe every once in a while. So that's going to do it for us. I want to thank you for joining us. My name is Sam Shane. This is Weekend Live. We're here every Saturday evening from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. We'll be back here next Saturday evening, and we will uh, take a look at some of the big stories from the past week. And I want to thank you. Have a great weekend, a great week, and we'll talk with you later.